get on the Hello and welcome to the season finale of the Bad Batch Review from the guys at Pudding Ain't Easy. Yeah, and it's not just a Bad Batch, we've got loads of other stuff to talk about because we had Disney Plus Day and they announced loads of interesting shit. And with me, as always, to go through all this is... The 2021 Doctor Octopus to my 20, well, 2002 Doctor Octopus, because I'm the older one. It's Scott McLeod, everybody. Hello, Scott. Hello, Carl. How are you? How are you? I'm doing not bad. You know, I, I was hoping for some, like, reveals uh, on Disney Plus Day. Also, we know Shang-Chi and like, things like Jungle Cruise were now becoming free to watch on on Disney Plus, I was not expecting quite the uh, amount of stuff that we got, and like, if I do a lot of it is Marvel stuff as well that we want to talk about because uh, on the Star Wars side we we're kind of shortchanging. I was like, obviously, because we already know we got bigger Boba Fett coming, soon, so I can't really tell you much more about that than we already know. Uh, so all we got was the teaser for uh, Obi Wan, but considering everything else that we know is to come, I was surprised we didn't get more on the Star Wars front. Yeah, maybe they didn't have anything ready or they wanted to concentrate on Marvel. Who knows? But yeah, they uh, they announced a lot of stuff nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got so much to talk about. I don't even think I'll have time to really talk a lot about the Eternals because I wasn't going to say that much anyway because obviously I don't want to spoil it uh, for people. I, I know I've eventually went because this girl probably watches so we can probably go and more depth than at a later date. Uh, I think we talked about maybe we'll try and watch Shang Chi and talking a bit more in depth about that. But I think we'll have to save that for maybe another time. But uh, I think this is kind of before Retro Smadden, but I made a reference to it uh, on that as well. But I, I did go to see Eternals last weekend, and I can tell you that it is a film. <laughs> it is. Did you enjoy it? I enjoyed parts of it. There are people that I enjoy. Neil Nanjiani, I hope I haven't butchered his name entirely, but he is the standout for me in terms of the film. He's one, he was one of my favourite out of all the Eternals. Uh, Richard Madden or Maiden, uh, former Rob Stark who plays also one of the key Eternals. He is not good. Not that no. <laughs> he's not good at the character because I don't know a lot about Icarus, but he is not good just generally. He is so He's one of the most wooden people I have ever seen. I somehow didn't notice how bad he was when he was Rob Stark, but Jesus and this, my God. I mean, he's being the, basically the Superman of the group because he's just as bland as fucking Superman as Jesus fucking Christ. He's, oh God, he's so bad. Yes. He's bad. I mean, there are two really interesting post-credit scenes that are worth sticking around for. I won't go into any more detail than that, but, you know, so let's see. The, I'm not saying there weren't good bits. There were good bits. I'll just say that the in between the good bits was a lot of nothing, and then more yeah. good bits. 
Yeah, I've heard sort of mixed reviews about the film, I must admit, and uh, a lot of people sort of saying not perhaps not a great deal is happening, but, you know, Sam Hayek's in it, so I'm invested. Yeah, I mean, there were one or two things I didn't see coming so far, you know, a twist here and there along the way, which I think was good because I wasn't sure how exactly they were going to, you know, introduce you to these, like, immortal beings or... Like make, give you give them antagonists that were going to be somewhat threat if they remember these these all powerful beings, but they do some interesting stuff with them and uh, like, like I said, there are characters like Kenya and Giant that provide that you know Marvel typical Marvel sense of humor that you're you're used to. Uh, if people haven't checked it, it's also on Disney Plus. The Kenya and Giant's film with Dave Bautista Stuber, it's actually really good just just because how serious Dave Bautista comes across and then that contrasting with his comedic uh, style and so. You know, take that out as well. But yeah, Eternals. Uh, I had to see it because you know, like I, I went to see it primarily for the same reason I went to go see films like fucking Thor: The Dark World, and that you know they're part of the MCU. They may not be good on their own, but eventually they'll figure that they'll factor them in somehow. So I, I can't, I can't not miss it. I can't not go see it. Fair enough. Well, you convinced me just to wait until it drops on Disney Plus. To be honest, but. Uh, well, that's the show that I will watch it eventually, and it might not be that long. I mean, Shang-Chi um, didn't take very long to appear on um, Disney Plus, what, two or three months, perhaps? Yeah, because that came out. was it? It's... Yeah, because that came in September, and I think they're going uh, so like 40, 40 days from theatrical release. Mm. So that came out November 5th, so maybe sometime end of January. So that'd be cool then. So I probably won't have to wait too long, which would be cool, and uh, I'll get it watched. So, um, yeah, we're doing things a bit different today. We're going to start off with our Bad Bat season finale, and then we're going to get stuck into all the stuff Disney uh, Plus announced because there's quite a lot of it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about uh, I don't want to give my thoughts away too quickly but you know i'm actually looking forward to talking more about the disney plus stuff that they announced more than the bad batch finale itself yeah same here i i did feel it was a bit underwhelming as far as season finales go to to be honest but uh we'll get into it and express our thoughts the show opens we have um hunter being transported um by um, Crosshairs and a couple of others to the planet Kimono. The very place he promised they wouldn't be going to. <laughs> Can't make it up, can you? <laughs> uh, the episode's even called Return to Kimono as well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the, uh, the Bad Batch, uh, what's left of them, are repairing their ship. And they are um, determined, especially Omega, to go and find Hunter. Um, they see Hunter's communication device has been activated, and they realise he's on Camino. So they set, well, sail. The sail's the right word if you're in space, but they set off to find him. They they get they make it to Camino, and they sort of. Go to land in a secret place that um, only Omega and Naila Say knew. Uh, they're a bit bemused because they can't see a platform, but Omega says, just just have a lower, have a lower, have a lower. And um, Tech is like, if we go any lower, we'll be in the water. 
but no, uh, a platform does appear, and um, they land on that. But again, the platform's in the middle of nowhere, so they're not too sure how they're going to get anywhere else. But again, Amigo shows them. It's all right, there's like a secret underwater tunnel that will, will take us to, now to say, secret lab. So um, they, travel via, they travel via that in like a little ball like train thing isn't it that shoots through the tunnel and uh, delivers them to um the secret lab which mm-hmm. is all very cool hunter and crosshairs uh, arrive themselves at uh, the base hunter realizes that the facility is being decommissioned as everyone seems to be departing he also notices there's far less clones as well. Most of the troopers now are the TK troopers. The Bad Batch, um, they arrive at the secret lab where Amiga states that she was created and so were they. So they weren't exactly defects like we've been led to believe at times. Um, they, were exper- they were pretty much experiments of Bad Batch. Obviously, they were looking at making clones better and enhancing certain aspects on uh, each of the, the 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 clones, like Hunter with his tracking abilities, Rekka with his strength, Tech with his sort of intelligence and, and so forth. We, uh, we have Hunter and Crosshairs. He's trying to tell him that... Um, the, the Empire don't care about him, and they, sh- and they shouldn't have, le- you know, he shouldn't have left, the, well, shouldn't have stayed with them. They sort of left him, I suppose. And um, he takes them to somewhere where he's hoping that the others are going to find him, which they do. They locate him in uh, the old training room. They have to uh, operate a lift. Hoping to surprise Crosshairs, but as usual, Crosshairs is a step ahead and he sort of knows what they're going to do before they even do it and he's waiting for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, Tech is like, maybe this morning he's so sure, like, I'll not go through the main door, we'll use the platform. Yeah. Because he'll expect us to go through the door. As soon as they go up, they're getting, uh, they're immediately surrounded and like, either Echo or Record turns down, like you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty that's a better way of explaining it. Ah yeah. They uh <laughs> yeah, so even Tech who's maybe like you said enhanced and uh, is the smart one crosshair still the old air smart one. Yeah, he seems to be a better more sort of a more of a military mind, doesn't he? Where sort of tech I suppose is the clues in the name more into mm-hmm. the sort of uh technical aspects and uh computers and whatnot. Yeah, I suppose so. We see sort of Amiga, she was left behind and she thinks they've been gone too long. So she starts to hatch a plan to, to, try, and, uh, to try and help the others as Crosshairs tells them that he's annoyed that they sort of wouldn't stay with him and, and left to sort of do their own thing. A sort of a kind of a surprise of events. Crosshairs sort of takes out all the other troopers. So... It's just him and the Bad Batch left. He's trying to convince, tries to convince them to join back with him and join the Empire. He thinks uh, the, the Empire's the way forward. 
Omega activates the um, the droids in the uh, training room to cause a distraction so um, they can get away from crosshairs. Yeah, so there is a few too many of them. Though, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they all have to sort of band together to take them out. Meanwhile, Admiral um, Rampart has been told that all essential personnel have left the city, and he's given the order by uh, Admiral. Well, is he Governor Governor Tarkin now, isn't he, to um, destroy the city? Mm-hmm. So uh, basically, they get a lot of cruisers ready, and they start firing and leveling the city. Um, Crosshairs admits as a talk as they're arguing about what happened um, that he had his chips removed a long time ago so it's not even his chip that's been making him act indifferent it's just the way you know it's just the way he is mm-hmm. which I was quite surprised I was quite surprised but I didn't see that bit coming I don't know about you Scott yeah, it was surprising, but then you think back to episodes, the first episode and then the start of the third episode where both he's in that lab of there, so it could have happened in either of, of those, and uh, so it could, it could have been ambiguous to when it happened, but you know, I, I think it does make you look back on everything that Crosshair's done, like the attack on Saw Gerrera's people and like killing that senator on Ryloth and everything, like the idea of like, he was willingly doing that, it wasn't the chip yeah, it was all on his sort of own violation. It wasn't like the, the chip sort of influence him. And that's basically the end of part one with uh, the Star Cruisers opening fire on Camino and, uh, as I say, levelling the city as they have no further use for it. Mm-hmm. Part two is basically everyone sort of... It's one long sort of escape episode, isn't it? Um, there's a bit of a... Um, there's, some, there's a bit of a altercation between Hunter and uh, Crosshairs. I forgot to mention where he sort of fire, shoots Crosshairs, but he's only stunned him and knocks him out. And but he gets trapped as um, one of the rooms starts flooding, and Omega and the um, the little droid AZ they yeah. they help they helped. Uh, they helped to free him. Um, he, was, he was one of my favourite parts of the final episode because he wakes up because uh, uh, when Crosser wakes up, he goes, ah, you were nearly you survived the silly collapsing but you are seconds away from drowning. <laughs> yeah. He's a fun car. He's a fun little character, the, uh, the little droid. So yeah, they, um, they, they free uh, Crosshair so he doesn't drown. And you have a bad batch. They manage to get into the room and help them out. But we've got, but the city is um, quickly sinking. And they're running out of time to uh, to escape, basically before the before they draw drown themselves and are trapped at the bottom of the ocean. So they have to um, make their way through more of those sort of tubes that they got into the. Um, into the into the lab by from the first um, from the beginning of the first episode, basically. Um, 
the uh, as they're running through one of the big tubes, they see like a big sea creature coming towards them. One of them quips that, well, this place is protected, right? And Maisie tells them only when the power is on, but there's no power. So they're basically sinking ducks. But AZ um, moves quickly to get towards the power room and switches the power on before the the creature can well, get wreck the uh, wreck the tunnel and get to them. And he gets a big electric shock when they turn the defences back on. Mm-hmm. Then they are back in near the Sazer lab. But unfortunately, the the tunnel they used to get to the ship has now collapsed. So they're a little, so again, they're a little bit stuck. But they realise they can use the uh, medical pods, pods sorry, um, to float themselves up to the surface. So they lay some... Um, explosives to to blow themselves out and hope that the uh, medical pups can uh, take them to the surface cross uh, no one of them says is it tech uh, questions they'll be able to float but who's gonna control who's gonna control the pods so they don't hit and get caught in debris and cross air sort of coldly say says the droid can do it <laughs> so AZ has to sort of sort of sort of stay out, stay on the outside, and uh, make sure all the pods make it up to the service. Well, but he realizes his battery cells are also depleting, so he himself hasn't got a lot of time before he runs out of power. Mm-hmm. Even he even apologizes, like he says. I, I am almost out of power. I apologise for the inconvenience. <laughs> and so he should, damn it! <laughs> but wouldn't you know it, Amiga gets caught as a floating up, so AZ has to try and help her. But uh, as he as he does so, he gets a he gets a loose. He, he does run out of power, and he starts to sink to the bottom. But Amiga won't have that. She won't. Um, she won't let him. Die, I suppose, for lack of a better word, as she swims in after him. Uh, she does get to him, but starts to struggle. Um, crosshairs, I suppose, because she saved him. He sh- he returns a favour and shoots like a harpoon uh, into the water to them and reels them back in. So... Um, He'll make it out alive, basically. They sort of talk to Crosshairs, tell him he could have rejoined them if if he'd have wanted to. He's he's determined though to stay with the Empire. He thinks that's the way forward. So they all sort of leave without him, leaving Crosshairs there on the little landing pad. Whether anybody comes for him is anyone's guess. Is uh, the Empire don't really seem too concerned about their personnel, really, do they? Not really, no. <laughs> and then it's almost like it's almost like a little teaser at the end, isn't it? You sort of see, um, now to say, land at uh, some Empire base somewhere, and they sort of tell her they've got big plans for her. So, goodness knows what that is. And it, they leave it open for uh, another series, basically. 
Yeah, I think also there is going to be another series, so like we will see her again, we'll see more of what the Empire's up to now in the second series, but I don't know, I just wanted more of it, but more of a tease, you know, maybe another glimpse of what they're up to, or maybe just another scene with the Bad Batch as they're leaving Camino. I don't know, there's something about, the, I think the episode 15, episode 16, you know, the fact that the whole, like, escape extended along the whole episode, some bits were good at it, but the rest of it felt like it was all kind of dragging, and I just wanted more of a finale. And I think if you just done this as one episode, like the the first, the premiere, and you said this is one episode, you could have cut a few bits out, and it all would have flowed better and been more, you know, like, climactic. Yeah, I was hoping maybe you get some more answers, you know, maybe learn a bit more about Omega, if there's anything more about her that made her so important, or maybe a bit of a final battle between the Bad Batch and Crosshairs and 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 some of his men. You know, maybe it might have added a bit of drama to it if someone had perhaps got killed or seriously injured maybe maybe crosshairs his time is 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 done but i don't know and it needed something else somehow didn't it I, I did feel a bit i said at the start i did feel a bit underwhelmed by it yeah i think part of the issue is there was no real i didn't really for a second believe that they wouldn't all make it off camino mm. I thought maybe for a second crosshair might like try and do one last good thing and he might drown but you know the closest thing we got to a real sad like moment for the finale is like when AZ like he moved he moved Omega up enough that the rest of the war would be able to carry her the rest of the way and she'd make it to the surface. Just as he's shorting out and he just starts falling. That was a sad moment. Then Omega had to then because obviously she everybody's important to her and she has to jump out and save her, which means Crosshair had to save him had to save the both of them. But I thought they would have been better off. It would have been more, you know, impactful if they just had that sad moment of the droids slowly but surely you know, singing to the bottom because it would have you know been a bit of a sacrifice or anything like that and yeah. like in Crosshair like I still don't know what's going on because like he wants them to come back with him and then like, they're trying to get him back like you said Wrecker says oh we would have taken you if you had just come back and uh, he even says at the end even after he says Omega like, this doesn't change anything between us so he is going to be around probably season two but I don't know what he's going to do because I don't think the Empire cared because they knew he was on Camino, they still fired. Yeah, unless if they can use him to get the Bad Batch or something, so they they rescue him for for those purposes or something. Who, who bloody knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but like episode fifteen was good. I like the reveal that Omega was actually created before them, but also her growth cells have been slowed, so she's technically older than all of them. Uh, and but they weren't defended. Like you said they were enhanced. Maybe this is again like part of the whole contingencies that you heard the Camnoans kind of conspiring about. Like first they built like this endless, seemingly endless like supply of clones, but also they've only got a limited amount of DNA from Django, and then so they started experimenting with enhanced clones. And then they only, we speculated they probably wouldn't have needed as much material seemingly from Omega, so they were trying to maybe go from army of clones to just a small group like the Bad Batch of enhanced clones that could do the job that a whole army could do. Like, this is kind of like their attempts to, you know, keep their contracts with the Empire. Yeah, a quality of a quantity sort of approach, I suppose. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, 
Definitely seems to be the, as you say, the way they were going with it. So, yeah, that that was kind of cool. And, um, yeah, I just thought it was going to lead to, I don't know, a few more discoveries on that sort of, uh, as, as we said, a, a whole episode that's basically a, an escape Mm-hmm. And the long escape scene, but there you go. You can't have everything, and perhaps they were, as sometimes you see in movies, too busy worrying about the sequel than the actual <laughs> episode at hand. Yeah, I mean, I'm still going. I'm still excited for season two and like where else it could mm. go from here. Uh, but you know, I would have liked to you know cap off season one because we've had some good stuff in season one. Uh, but I just you know. By comparison, I don't think the final episode that which is why I thought maybe just merge the two halves together uh, to make one little extended episode, and you would have been fine because the two biggest reveals come in the, in episode fifteen, and so you think, well, then this is the, se- the second last episode, so the finale's got to have something big as well. So you had these two big reveals in the second last episode, just nope, it's just one big chase scene, and then that tease with Nat with a uh, and like. They do say our cloning advancements uh, are, you know, of a great interest to them, and you know we talked a lot about it when talking about the Mandalorian. Seemingly, uh, Moff Gideon's been experimenting with cloning technology even years later, so maybe she helps give them the the, the groundwork for whatever it is they use to try and clone Snoke years later. Mm, maybe she's even still around um, in the Mandalorian timeline, which would be quite interesting if they wanted to sort of bring that in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd, that'd be quite interesting. But they said so they've not given up completely on cloning. Also, years later, even though they're so like focused on the TK troopers. Uh, one thing you didn't mention the intro is like when Crosshair you know, brings Hunter there, and uh, he said, tells Rampart, "Don't worry, the others will come," because he knows that even though the others probably know that they're wanting to trap, they still want a they're loyal to Hunter, so they'll still come and get him. And uh, one of the other TK troopers basically turns to Rampart when he leaves and says. I don't trust what he's up to with his old squad. Uh, and then she also goes to try and stop Omega and fails. And when she comes back, uh, Crosshair is fighting alongside the other clones and she tells Rampart about it. But then Rampart just says, take all take all essential personnel off her road. He says, let the clones die together. So uh, even though Crosshair's been at Rampart's side and done a lot for him, he still doesn't care enough about him. Yeah, no, it doesn't get two hoots. That's why I'm wondering if he'll ever be picked up from that helipad. But uh, I imagine somebody will um, come for him at some point. Maybe. The thing in that final scene on the helipad is that it was in the middle of the day, it was bright and not raining. It's the one shot throughout any form of Star Wars media that shows Camino and it is not raining. You know, <laughs> it's basically it's the Scotland of uh, Star Wars planets that I think it's always. <laughs> But even once a year for 10 minutes, it at least gets a bit of sun. <laughs> and, that, and that was Camino's 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, Matt, aren't you guys lucky to be here on the one day a year in Camino that the sun comes out? I <laughs> 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 say, though, that uh, Crosshair, the way he took out the rest of his squad, by the way, where it uh, just took one shot, it reflected and took out four TK troopers at one shot. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a very deadly shot. His cross has, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I also love the way that they sort of make you sort of care about the droids 
on mm-hmm. these um, stars and the films and the programs. I mean, they're not even real people, but yeah, when he was uh, in trouble, I, I was quite disheartened. I won't lie. I was like, no. And there again, it's the whole thing. Oh, I, I fulfilled my purpose, so you know, I, I will die now. And it's just how serious all these these uh, droids are, but. Yeah, they become big part of like the Star Wars world, and also I say like when they were doing like the final like scenes and coming over before the base is destroyed, you had another one of those classic Star Wars sounds, the alarm sound effect. Yes, <laughs> which appears in like almost every film, and like you can immediately recognise that. Like, ah, oh, there it is. This is one of many classic sound effects you can immediately recognise from the world of Star Wars. Yeah, I did think that myself when it when it sort of started. Yeah, sort of sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, like I said the whole thing just gets the whole thing just sinks into the sea, and you know that's it feels like the even though like the actual action bits of the this episode uh, sixteen feel a bit you know anticlimactic. It does you look at it in terms of importance, though. It's kind of an end of an era in the world of Star Wars, and that it shows the unofficial end of you know Camino. I think in the Star Wars, I don't think they'll ever go back to that planet. At the end of obviously the, this era of like the clones, and this is like again fully the transition into TK Troopers, because uh, I think like Alert Rebels is like 15 years later, and by then they're fully into the, the era of uh, of like clone of Stormtroopers. So again, it's like kind of an end of an era, like kind of the end of the Clone Wars kind of era with like, the clones being phased out. Yeah, we're sort of seeing. Um, uh, Sort of the empire is transitioning and taking over and and changing, and that, I find all that quite interesting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, obviously, people who worked on this have all worked on Clone Wars and Rebels, and they've had some solid finales, which is why, obviously, I think expectations were high going into this. But uh, so maybe they're wanting to lower expectations, and hopefully, in season two, they'll blow us away with whatever that finale is. Yeah, they'll have to now. They've they've got their work cut out for them. Um, so Scott, what what sort of rating would you give these these two episodes then? Uh, I'm thinking maybe either five or six for episode sixteen, but episode fifteen is closer to an eight. So maybe I'll average out maybe seven for both of them as a kind of an average because episode fifteen is like strong. It sets you up for what feels like a good finale. And then you can have brought down a few pegs from uh, from episode sixteen. So I'll kind of average it out and say maybe around about a seven, maybe six and a half at the very least. Yeah, I was thinking somewhere around um, seven and a half for the first episode, and yeah, about a five for episode sixteen. So I'd be with you there, perhaps seven, seven, seven and a half. As you know, as as an average for both, that's some interesting yeah. points, especially episode fifteen. But yeah, as a season finale, which seemed to be building up to something quite big, it was a bit of a damp squib in the end. To be fair, yeah, you think uh, for IMDb, and I don't know how accurate it is, say it has like tw- season two starting sometime twenty twenty two, so we may not have to wait very long. Maybe because um, animation, they can you know maybe turn that out a bit quicker uh, than the other series. But you know, are you? Is there anything you particularly want to see in season two, uh, like going forward from the Bad Batch? 
I, I don't know really, to be honest. Um, the way it ended, I wouldn't mind to someone my Darth Vader perhaps pop it up, but um, yeah, I'm not really sure just to see the sort of see their journey and maybe if they decide to to join the sort of re- the rebellion or carry on on their, their own way. Okay, I'll let you see them like, mix up with Rex a bit more, see a bit more of his character, uh, and yeah, maybe get more hints as to where the Bad Batch would ultimately end up and why, obviously, in later like, series like uh, you know, Rebels and other things that you never hear about them again and see where they end up. I'm just to see where Crosshair goes, like you said, he was kind of just left there on Kimino. I can see Crosshair, like, not a bit if he can't go back to the Empire, like, going into the world of mercenary, like, bounty hunter work. I'm pretty sure with his and, like, enhanced skills, he'd, uh, he'd get a lot of work. Yeah, he'd be, be a pretty good bounty hunter, to be fair. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that could be quite interesting. Well, look, there's quite a few of the Marvel things that we're going to talk about are coming out 2022, so that's true, then we'll have that stuff. And then on the Star Wars side, uh, I don't know what whether Ahsoka or Mandalorian, like one of, at least one of them might be coming out next year, but we may have one of them, uh, Bad Batch Season 2 and Kenobi all in 2022, and then and then just the Marvel stuff on top of it. So, uh, you know, we're not going to run out of topics going into the new year. Certainly not, no. And uh, quite a, it's a very short, um, but quite a interesting little tease, and nonetheless, that they put up about the um, Obi Wan Kenobi series with you and McGregor sort of hinting we might get another bit of a duel between uh, Vader and Obi Wan. Yeah. I, I remember hearing people talking about the teaser and everything for when I saw the, the one minute thing of uh, the interview between him and, uh, and Deborah Chow, uh, the director behind. Uh, Obi-Wan, she directed like two really solid episodes of uh, a Mandalorian season one. She directed like this episode seven, where the episode where we first meet Moff Gideon, which is a hell of an episode. Uh, so I thought that was coming out, and then I would say I thought for like an actual trailer the following day. But no, uh, that, that was all we're getting for now. But well, like coming out, it comes out in the new year, so hopefully we won't have to wait long for like a, an actual trailer. But yeah, we got like interviews and uh, concept art and. You know, you can just tell every shot of you, McGregor, when he's doing the when he's being interviewed, he's just got a smile from year to year. You can tell he's just about coming back to play Obi Wan. Yeah, he's um, you know, he's really he's really enjoyed this, hasn't he? By the looks of it, and uh, I think he really enjoyed working with Hayden again as well. By the time of it, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how. Uh, well, well, yeah, what the story's about and where it all goes. Is it Vader perhaps trying to find Obi-Wan or something? Or does he have to go on a bit of a mission somewhere, perhaps? Yeah. It's, uh, Deborah Joe said uh, he's like, he, both her and, and uh, Ewan say that, you know, he's got this one mission left and that's to keep Luke safe. But they said that's just the starting point for our story, so... Obviously, I think the start first year will be on Tatooine as you watch over a loop, but eventually something will have to lead them like off world to you know go on some other sort of mission where that brings them you know, in touch with you. Because there is a bit of a concept art of like him and Vader swinging the lightsabers at each other. And I had to pause it once or twice when I saw this footage uh, to make sure I could see who it was. But like after he mentioned seeing Chris and you see Hayden and his big, he's tanked up, 
doing the training, swinging the uh, mm. swinging a lightsaber around. So obviously Vader going to get to pull out the lightsaber again. Uh, and Dara too does emphasise his importance to the story. And yeah, I've heard stories about the uh, filming of the prequels and how you Megger and Ian Christian just became pals while filming it because also they had to film a lot of scenes together. And uh, Ian Christian's in at Star Wars Celebration one year. Even said like George had to like basically give them out of trouble. Because he wouldn't stop making little lightsaber noises when they were doing the practicing, because also they had the noises in both. <laughs> so they're just going, mmm, mmm. <laughs> I can imagine that, actually. It'd be, be hard to resist not doing that. I can just imagine George Lucas just being like a dad, giving out to his children, basically constantly <laughs> telling them to stop it. <laughs> and, uh, also, so again, you see a lot of concept art on, on this, and you see. Was the secretary emphasised that it's a, it's a dangerous time for the Jedi? And one of the concept art that I paused is a couple of troopers getting off a ship, and there's somebody in a black helmet with kind of a red visor. And from what I've seen in previous media, that's definitely footage of an Inquisitor. So we're definitely getting the Inquisitors in live action, and this, which I cannot wait for. Yeah, maybe maybe there is a bit of sort of Jedi hunting going on, and maybe one sort of have to go and try and save someone or uh inquisitor comes you know comes after him and finds him on tatooine or something i mean it could be a whole host of things but um yeah i i just can't wait for it to be honest me, me neither i'm really interested in it also it seems in the timeline because uh, i think i'll have obi-wan like with the old beard again but i don't think he'll quite have the white hair as we see in the original, because they say that this is like 10 years after uh, Revenge of the Sith, which would also put it five years before the start of Rebels. Uh, so it's an interesting like time period and that, you know, the Empire's like been around for quite a while at this stage. And so we're going to see a bit more of a grizzled Obi-Wan. Yeah, it's uh, sort of in between... Um, Ewan McGregor's and um, Alec Guinness's takes, mm-hmm. so it'll be uh, be quite cool to see. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to this, and also the Ahsoka one as well, because apparently Hayden Christian's going to be popping up on that too, in some in some form. So yeah, a lot to be excited about. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and then we have a lot of sort of Marvel stuff that's uh, dropping and uh, was announced by um, Disney Plus. I've made a list of uh, a good portion of them. I'm sure Scott will let me know if I missed any out. <laughs> but we have um, Secret Invasion. Do you know much about that one, Scott? Um, I think this is uh, tied into a, a storyline from the Galactics which involves like people being taken and replaced with scrolls and with, ah. which is why the colour scheme goes from red to the the green and purple because that's the colour of the, the scrolls and you see Nick, it's just a clip of Nick Fury because uh, if you mm. remember the Far From Home post credit scene we see that the Nick Fury experiment was a scroll in his place but essentially because the scrolls are portrayed as villains in that but for the most part, they're seen as actually good guys when you see them in Captain Marvel. So, uh, interesting to see how they adapt that. Also, much like the way they change a few things about Civil War, they'll maybe see some creative license taken there with the adaptation. Ah, right, I see. So that, that does sound quite interesting. Um, 
Um, and there was uh, Marvel Zombies, which I'm assuming is going to be a, an animated series. I'm not too sure what I make of that, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling they'll maybe just be like that, what set in the same world we saw in that What If episode, but kind of like expanded a bit more. Or maybe it'll be something different. Yeah, I was, I was assuming it might be something to do with um, what we saw in that What If thing. But um, yeah, yeah. You never know. Uh, I'll probably give it a try. Might surprise me. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, another one of the things that really sort of caught my attention was uh, Agatha House of Harkness. So mm-hmm. Agatha from um, One Division is going to get her own spin-off show. That could be pretty interesting. She was a fun character. Yeah, because I think in terms of her backstory, you really only got that one flashback scene. Uh, on one of the episodes of One Division, after they did the big reveal, and uh, I'd heard people talking about the rumours of this a uh, month or so ago. So it's nice to see them actually confirm it, and we just see how they t- what they take with this. You know, with her being out of focus, and if they get you no know, Elizabeth Olsen back in, or maybe they'll have some other magical characters from the MCU, like maybe Doctor Strange will pop up in it as well. Or well, will we ever know what happened to the white version of Vision? Well, <laughs> these questions need to be answered. But most importantly of all, Carl, at this show. However many episodes it has, it does not feature at least one musical number similar in quality to It Was Agatha All Along, then I may, I may just cancel my entire Disney Plus subscription right then and there. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure it'll have something along those lines, but yeah, um, I'm not too sure if they put it to be an origin or uh, a wrote what she does after, and we just sort of see flashbacks or something but yeah i'm sure it'll be i'm sure it'll be a cool program yeah because they imply in that flight scene that she's been alive for a long time so there's a lot to cover there yeah 100 percent. i mean they can pretty much do whatever they want for that character to to be fair mm-hmm. but definitely one definitely one i'm looking forward to um another one that could be quite cool uh I am Groot um, <laughs> series. Yeah, I think it's just going to be like a series of shorts. Apparently, a series of animated kind of shorts. So ah. I think the I think it's one of the few things that'll be like it's kind of its own thing. Still could be fun. Um, there's something called Iron Heart. I'm not too sure what that one is. I'm not familiar with Iron Heart. Uh, are you any? More ideas on that one? Uh, from what I can gather, from what I've been seeing online, uh, it kind of ties into like kind of the is it what's going to be the what seem like could be the new version of Iron Man for the MCU, and it is in the comics. As uh, I can't remember the name of the character, but it's a female who makes kind of this next uh, version of the Iron Man, so kind of the most advanced form of like the suit since Tony's since Tony Stark. And in the comics, she has like a AI version of Tony Stark, who is like guiding her. And, being her Jarvis to help her become the new Iron Man is it's kind of in the same thing where they were like making Sam Wilson the new Captain America and Jane Foster the new Thor because they were making some changes in the comics and they've already done the Sam Wilson as Captain America and they're talking about doing the Jane Foster becoming Thor in uh, in the next Thor film so maybe this could be basically a new version of uh, Iron Man and would would they pay the money to get Robert Downey Jr. back as a as a hologram or maybe they would just have somebody like Rhodey be in that, be in that role. All right, well, 
Dexter sounds excited by uh, <laughs> <laughs> that show, but yeah, that sounds interesting. Then. Um, definitely. Dexter's, Dexter's my Dexter's my dog for people who aren't aware. Yeah, somebody's somebody's had the gall to knock on the door, and he's very affronted about that. <laughs> As tugs do you generally get when uh, a stranger or someone that not they don't know too well uh, comes to the door. Or thing, I live in like six and a block here, so sometimes people are in the wrong buzzer. So sometimes I have to pick him up to open the door and show him that there's nobody there before he'll stop barking and then put him down. Because, <laughs> like, because, like, even cause, like, if nobody comes to the door, he'll keep barking until he knows who's there. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> uh, they also announced a new Spider Man animation spider-man the freshman years which pretty much speaks the titles pretty much speaks for itself so that bit could be quite interesting again not too sure if it's one of the first things i'll watch i'll probably check out eventually but uh yeah definitely something for the younger audience of disney plus if no one else yeah i could be interesting because uh obviously there's a lot of I think Spider-Man has a good history of like good animated shows like the 90s show that I remember watching back in the day on Fox Kids uh, that's on Disney Plus right now. There's a, a show that I, I don't know about but the first series is, uh, is on Netflix. I think it's called Spectacular Spider-Man. So every sort of like five to ten years there's a new version of a Spider-Man animated show for like, a new group of kids. But you know I think Spider-Man's that character who like when, he, when a new animated show of his comes out you know it can appeal to kind of all ages. So uh I'm looking forward to see what they do there. Yeah, I'm talking about shows from back in the day. Uh, a new X-Men animation as well, X-Men 97. So it sounds like it's going to be based on uh, X-Men cartoons of the the 90s, which were really good. So uh, if it's anything like those, that should be uh, a fun program. Yeah, I think actually I've heard somewhere that it's in some way a continuation well, that's you. I think it would have ended when about when about ninety seven, uh, back when it ran because like it ran from like ninety two onwards. Mm. Uh, so yeah, and I think oh, quite a few voice actors are coming back from that show, well, along with some new ones. So uh, maybe the maybe the maybe the creators of it maybe thought, or maybe some people might have thought, oh, there's more to tell with these you know, X Men stories, or maybe they want to you know try out some stuff with X Men now that they had the rights back. Uh, an animated form before they bring them back in live action. Yeah, I mean that could be that could be one way, but yeah, they could perhaps introduce new characters as well as some of the old favourites and into that, and um, be be cool to see how it holds up and stands to um, the original. Because um, as far as animations go, it it was really good. Um, not just for its time, but if you watch it now, some of the episodes stand up quite well. And of course, we also we got that the the, uh, the very famous X Men theme song uh, for that show, which you're hopefully coming back because you know that was in, that was in, that was in an era of, of the eighties and nineties were a solid time for like kids show like intro theme songs, especially animation. Yeah, like you with what you said about Agatha. If it doesn't have that classic X Men theme, how can I cancel my subscription and write to Mickey Mouse himself? <laughs> damn it! Carl will go right to the Disney Plus headquarters and we're storming through like the bloody juggernauts. Very well. 
Another one, another series of things in the next is Echo. Again, that's not one I know too much about, to be perfectly honest. I don't know a lot about Echo, but apparently Echo is actually appearing in Hawkeye, so uh, ah. he's a kind of a deaf anti-hero, so she'll be appearing in Hawkeye. So I think... Oh, I see. So it's not a dolphin, then? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I think also he'll be spinning off from from that. Uh, and in the comic, I think she's a, a villain who works for the Kingpin in the comics and then eventually becomes an anti-hero when she realises that Kingpin's been lying to her. So along with that connection, that means that's the door open for a return of Vincent D'Onofrio as, uh, as the Kingpin, if not in Hawkeye, but in her show, if she's got an antagonist, if she kind of needs an antagonist to go up against. But yeah, maybe they'll have her as a, as a baddie in Hawkeye and then she'll realise that people she worked for were lying to her and then that'll set her up for her show as a more of a, a protagonist. Oh, that'll be fun then. Yeah, definitely. Um, quite intrigued by that now. Uh, yeah, before we talk about any other things, uh, they did do uh, like a 14-minute long video as part of the Disney Plus day uh, where it basically showed you footage of stuff that's come already and then showed you what's some of the stuff that's to come and they made all these announcements. They gave us a bit more footage of Hawkeye, which uh, the first episode's dropped next week and that's the next thing that Carl and I will be covering. And... Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I saw that just before we went on uh, air, actually, and um, it looks a riot. The Hawkeye, a lot of a lot of comedy in it by the looks of it, which uh, which I like. Yeah, basically, uh, Kate Bishop is just this big uh, Haw- Hawkeye like fangirl, which is nice to see because a lot of people gave Hawkeye shit in the early days of the MCU and like the first few Avengers films, saying that he was basically the most expendable, or like someone was going to get killed off. It was probably him. So that's nice to get and see the proper appreciation and uh, the big like car chase scene and, uh, and like Kate wants to take this really nice car, but uh, basically Hawkeye says like we need to smash the window again and I'm not smashing that. Uh, it's too nice, and so she's like trying out these trick explosive arrows while uh, they're being chased by these these group. Uh, well, we found out that are from the Hawkeye run that this is inspired by. They're actually called the Tracksuit Mafia. <laughs> it sounds like a really, really weird urban like rap group. As I said, when he's trying to hotwire a car, he's telling her that you're driving, and she's like, "No, no, I'm not driving. I shoot you. You're driving. I can't hear you. You're driving." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when they're being pursued, he, he's he's telling her he's looking for something. You can't use that arrow. You can't use that arrow. That one's too dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then also it ends with them doing like recreating the whole Hawkeye like dive and turn around and do the shoot as they're diving off the bridge to get away from Echo and uh, the other uh, and the members of the Tracksuit Mafia. But also like there's a scene earlier on where they're talking and she's kind of telling a bit more why she's impersonated him as he's like Ronin persona, like the persona he had uh, when he was killing those guys in Endgame. But uh, she's just like, oh, I want to finally know who I want to be. I want to stand on my own. Waitress puts the bill down. You get that, my mother cancelled my credit cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a great, great um, series. And uh, 
Well, obviously, the chemistry and banter between uh, Stenfield and um, Renner looks like it's going to be excellent. So, definitely looking forward to that. Uh-huh. Uh, we've also got What If Season 2. So, that should be pretty good. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the first season. A lot of sort of interesting takes on our favourite heroes and different sort of storyline things and I quite like the finale the way it interwove everything together so uh, yeah season 2 could be fun yeah definitely I think we don't know how they set it up as this like you know anthology style where they weren't connected the only constant was the watcher looking over the different timelines and then at the end they actually bring it all together and I'm interested to see if they do that again in season 2 because they have said that we will see Captain Carter again in season two, and uh, potentially this the kind of darker version of Doctor Strange might come back. But other than that, we're going to see some new stories. Uh, I think they said that they wanted to focus on already established characters for season one, but for season two, we might see a few more characters that have uh, more recently been introduced. So you know, the chances of like maybe a, an episode, and a what if on like Shang Chi or something like that. So that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that could be uh, could be interesting. I dare say there, there might be no more uh, of um, Black Panther, unfortunately, or not the iteration, yeah. or not the iteration um, we we know, unfortunately. Um, yeah, we got four episodes of them, and uh, the last one was a big part of that. So, unfortunately. No, we won't get to see T'Challa, Star Lord, too, and he was one of my favourite parts of it. Uh, yes. <laughs> also, something I didn't notice until uh, I was watching a thing, it was breaking down some of the, like watching videos that tell you about things you might have missed, and I was watching a few of those for what if, and I didn't realise it. But I know it was, I remember how we all sad we all were when Iron Man died in Endgame. And then you actually watch it back, every episode of what if that features Tony Stark in some way, he dies. Yeah, he does. It's uh, he doesn't have much luck, does he? And um, what I really liked about T'Challa Star Lord is he is actually everything that sort of um, Chris Pratt Star Lord thinks he is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he gets basically the reaction that that uh, when he when he when he <laughs> yeah. Star, he gets the reaction that Star Lord wanted to get. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He's as famous. He's as sort of famous and liked and well known as um, the the original Star Lord wishes he he was. It's quite it's quite cool and funny. <laughs> um, another good one, uh, Miss Marvel, um, which will feature um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll be correct. Correct me if I'm wrong. First sort of Indian um, superhero, yeah, I think in the she, Marvel universe. I'm not sure if it's Indian or Pakistani, but she is mm. kind of, a, a different kind of like superhero, isn't it? I think I've heard a lot of people say that this could be like Marvel's version of Shazam, and that she's a child, but also yeah, uh, and also she the world knows a lot more about Captain Marvel, so she's kind of inspired by her, and then I think they are setting her up to eventually cross paths with Brie Larson's character and the uh, the Captain Marvel sequel so this is kind of that way of like introducing you to her before she pops up in like in the movies and like and, and it's about it in the uh, in the comics it's covered that obviously she's from a very strict religious household so obviously 
the conflicting between her home life and her superior life should be interesting in it. She's like she's still fairly new in terms of like how long she's been around in the comics, uh, Miss Marvel, but she's been become a popular character in such a short period of time and Marvel really capitalized on that because I've only played some of it but in the Avengers PS4 game. She's a, she's a big part of that as well. Yeah, it looks like it could be quite, uh, as you say, for the reasons you stated, uh, a very interesting um, series. And there's a little, in that um, preview thing you were talking about before, there's a bit of a clip of um, the Miss Marvels series to give me an idea of what that's about. So, um, yeah, definitely be worth checking out. Uh, another one... Sorry, it's going out. Something, something I heard somebody talking about when I was watching uh, other people's reactions to this come out. Uh, she's at some sort of convention where they see that she sees like a big a thing dedicated to uh, Captain Marvel, and she even dresses like her at one point in the the show. And then also the fact that in Hawkeye we see like Rogers the musical and everything, and like like somebody pointed out that it feels like like everybody knows who these people superheroes are in the world of the MCU, and they're becoming they're creeping into pop culture almost the same way that they've taken over pop culture and like our world in a way the movies and the MCU and now the TV shows are a big part of our pop culture and everything. Yeah, I suppose they would eventually, especially if they saved the, the world as many times as they had. So um, it is quite quite an interesting take and, and way to go with it that, that, that they're, they're actually known about and uh, sort of become celebrities, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. I just had a quick look. Uh, she's like American Pakistani. Uh, ah, that was it. My, my so, apologies. I think, obviously, I think she may. Have, she's obviously born in America, but her parents have come over from. Mm. Obviously, she's she's from a strict Muslim household, so obviously they're not going to be happy when they find out she's a she's a superhero. <laughs> it could cause some uh, issues. Mm-hmm. But another one that looks really good. I'm looking forward to is She-Hulk because from the little clips I've seen it looks like Mark Ruffalo is going to be on that so that's definitely looks like it's going to be worth uh, a look yeah, and he's back isn't that Professor Hulk guys that he got in uh, mm. it's one of my favourite parts of Endgame was you know the weird Professor Hulk version and uh, what's interesting is there's a scene with her like he's describing her transformations so I feel like she's gonna go like change back and forth from human to like She Hulk before eventually just probably like she is in the comics and that is where she's kinda of, like She Hulk all the time and she kinda of just look goes around green in her uh, everyday life because she doesn't see it as much of a, a curse that Bruce Banner does most of the time. Yeah, and then whatever you do, don't confuse this with the China iteration of She Hulk. Oh, <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to pull on that thread. Uh, <laughs> I am it, but by saying that, I'm acknowledging that I know it exists, but I'm not going to. Uh, I do like what from what I've seen in this. Uh, there's a scene where she's doing yoga, where somebody pointed out that maybe she's using that to kind of control her anger, like uh, like when you see in the Ed, Edward Norton Hulk, where he's constantly checking his heartbeat and trying to keep it below a certain you know, number of beats, so he doesn't like turn into the Hulk. But uh, I'm interested to see what happens. And they even threw in the old catchphrase from like the the sixties. They show the "Don't make me angry." You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Yeah, I don't know what was going on there, but it looks like she's with Bart Ruffalo, and they're sort of they're sort of dressed a bit seventies, aren't they? So yeah, that, that was quite fun. And there's a bit where 
um, he's got her in a lab and he's telling her that uh, it's brought on by anger and uh, something else he says, doesn't he? So don't get angry. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Tatiana Maslany is the name of the actress playing her. All I think I know about her is uh, she's in a show called Orphan Black, where I think she played a lot of, like, clones of the same person. I've not seen it, but apparently a lot of people have raved about it when it was around. So, uh, good for her getting into this, like, major, like, uh, MCU show because I think it's a character a lot of people have been wanting to see in live action for a long time because uh, I first knew about her due to the Hulk like, animated show uh, before that I never knew there even was a She-Hulk Yeah I've seen different iterations of her um, year, you know, over the years I think I don't know if she appeared in the in the the 80s Incredible Hulk series or had her own show. I definitely remember a version of her at some a live action version of her at some at some point. Anyway, I'm sure unless it's one of those thing misremembering things because I'm not old and been around that long. I, I tend to confuse things from the 80s, but um, definitely seen her cartoon versions from back way way back in the day so uh this will be a fun um fun series i'm looking forward to it same here there's something called moon Knight again um i heard someone say it maybe a bit sort of batman-esque but again it's not something i know a huge amount about yeah oscar isaac is it is uh playing the, the star of it and i think moon Knight is he's, he was a from what I've heard of his comic origins, he's a mercenary who gets possessed by this, like the spirit of an Egyptian god, which gives him these like abilities, but also it messes with his mind, and he ends up developing like multiple identities, which he struggles to control, and can cause him to go a bit crazy at times. So there's a there's room for this to be quite violent, as there's a scene where he's just it shows him from the back just punching the shit out of somebody. And even said in the trailer, I can't tell it is between dreams and my waking life. So the idea of like he doesn't know what's real and what isn't because he's got these his mind so fried. Don't know how I feel about Oscar Isaac's weird English accent. Like he's from the same part of England as Dick Van Dyke, apparently. Yeah, or his obsession with being Egyptian gods. I was gonna say, yeah, it worked out for you for you well the last time, didn't it, Oscar? <laughs> yeah, things this uh, portrayal of apocalypse wasn't the best. It was a shame because he's he's normally a pretty good actor, but I don't think that was necessarily all his fault. I think he was a bit miscast in that role personally, and I don't think it was uh, the best scripted or directed movie out of uh, the X-Men franchise, in all fairness. Uh, not really. I, you know, I like him in Star Wars. Like, mm. Well, he's good in 2 out of 3. Like, I don't know what the hell they were thinking in Last Jedi. Is like they basically said, be like, be like Han Solo, uh, and that was his one <laughs> direction. Whereas he's really good in the other ones, where he's just allowed to be himself more or his own like character. But uh, you know, you get it seems to be a thing now with this kind of crossover between Marvel and uh, MCU and Star Wars because they're both owned by Disney. Where eventually people will cross over, like, oh, well, we got you in Star Wars, now come over to the MCU. Yeah, you have to be in everything, and then eventually you end up in DC at some point as well, normally. I mean, I know that I'm saying, saying that's a bad thing for us, guys. You know, get that Disney money while you can. Um, and I know, I know Scott is looking forward to this. Cars on the road. 
Oh, fuck. Owen Wilson is coming back to, to voice, um, is it Lightning McQuick or something like that? I've never seen Cars. I can't remember what it's, it's bloody called now. I saw the first one, Lightning McQueen. So, like, he saw the, I saw the first one. Then they made two more of them, which they didn't need to. They dragged Michael Caine into the second one. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, and then they made three of the bastards, and now they're doing, now they're bringing it for like a show, and like, he's like, out of all the properties that Disney Pixar have made, this is one of the ones that they seem to squeeze out everything it's worth, and they got everything they possibly could get out of it in the second one. So I don't know what the hell they're squeezing out of it now. But <laughs> I think they even they even went into planes and boats and God knows what other forms of transports as well. I know. I think they made fucking two planes movies and all, like, Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> scooping through the barrel and to the fucking woods. Uh, but really another, I, thought, I thought you were going to say something. You're, I thought you were getting my hopes up there because you're mentioning Owen Wilson. I thought you were going to talk about the fact that, you know, they've basically confirmed it, even though they said uh, it's happening, but it's going to happen maybe sometime 2022. Loki season two. Yeah. Yeah, we know that. Well, we sort of already knew that one was coming, but yeah, definitely looking forward to to more of Loki. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll see a bit more of um, Kang the Conqueror and um, what he's doing and his plans. So that'd be cool. And hopefully, the season the season two will end with Mobius finally getting to ride a jet ski. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> Um, and there was one, um, I think it's called Baymax, which looks like a, a Super 6. Was it Super 6? Um, series? Big Hero 6. Big Hero 6. That was it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm i really looking forward to it because I, I waited ages to eventually watch Big Hero 6. And then I finally watched it. It's very good. If anyone hasn't watched it, go check it out. Yeah, something, uh, I've, something I've not watched yet, I have to admit. <laughs> It's very good. It's like Disney. It's like Pixar's like or Disney like the animated interpretation of a superhero movie. It's not like an MCU adaptation. Like it's like a superhero film, but done in like a Disney style. Okay. Well, well, that's all I've got jotted down. So I don't know if I've missed anything, or there's anything you want to add to that, Scott. I can't think of anything. Like if there is anything, uh, or if there is anything else. But they announced off the top of my head that I don't really know. So I'm sure there's something we're missing, but you know, they're just turning out so much as I can't possibly think of anything. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely um, showing it was worthwhile launching their own um, streaming platform and not just relying on old stuff. It's nice to see that they're investing in a lot of new stuff. And good quality stuff so far, so I'm hopeful everything else will will follow the same quality. Yeah, uh, like they've got a lot of stuff that they already own. Yeah, like they've already done like Disney, like they also Star Wars and own a Marvel. So they've got their own like history of films that they can put. Also, people have like connection to they can put and watch anytime they want. But then obviously they're buying the rights to other stuff. Like they've bought up the rights to a bunch of other characters. Like they've got the rights back from like the Fantastic Four, X-Men and that and now they've got a bunch of Fox stuff because they keep buying shit so just they've got as long as they keep buying stuff and they have like other obscure MCU characters they can make adaptations of 
they'll keep churning content on that streaming service. Mm. Fantastic. The Fantastic Four is one that might work better as a series, actually, than um, huh. than a film. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that, that that might be a way they could go with that because um, none of the films so far really have really hit um, the the latest, the Just Tank one. Um, I've never watched because I've heard it's so bad. So yeah, so maybe so maybe because there's you know there's quite a lot that happens away they 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 become superheroes and that I think you could get a good few series out of it rather than you know trying to cram it all in a two-hour film. I think I think so too. But at the same time, uh, much like you know, I can't be able to see Uncle Ben get shot or I can't be able to see Bruce Wayne's parents get shot again. I don't want another origin of how the Fantastic Four get their powers. I know how it happened. Just tell me something else that's interesting about it. <laughs> Give me something else. Like, that's what I'll, part one thing I love about Tom Holland's Spider-Man is that he went and started talking about his Uncle Ben. Iron Man cut him off. He didn't get to see how Uncle Ben died or get the great power, great responsibility speech where just, boom, he's Spider-Man. Here we go. Um, and bring back Lone Grufford, I say. <laughs> yeah, let's not. And we want a proper Doctor Doom as, as well, would be nice. Yeah, I mean, how weird is it, like, that they've got the rights back to uh, the Fantastic Four, which the first adaptation, like, in the 2000s, that they got had Chris Evans in, and just as they killed yeah. Chris Evans off, <laughs> and they bring back Fantastic Four. He's going to he's gonna come back as um, Johnny Blaze, I'm telling you. It's written in the stars. <laughs> So we are definitely still recording this on Tuesday the 16th and we haven't decided to change our plans. But uh, <laughs> if you want to hear our thoughts on the new Spider-Man trailer, that's probably already gone out now. We, we've decided to do that separate, so forget all that if it hasn't been edited out. And um, now we're going to do our quick plugs and goodbyes. So, uh, Scott, what have you got coming out? You, you've got... I love how you denied that it was a different day and then basically confirmed that you're you're worse at keeping, you're worse at, you're worse at, you're worse at keeping secrets than Andrew Garfield about whether or not he's in Spider Man. He is a dabber, I believe him. You're one of the only people who does. Uh, yeah, I mean, something would have something some a trailer of epic proportion would have to have come out for us to change our plans. Possibly it has if you go back and listen to it if it's already out there. Uh, but, and when you're done with that, you can listen to the Rogue Retro Smackdown review that should be already be up with myself and Sam. And if it's not up already, it will go out later in the week. Uh, the Insurrection 2000 Watch Along, my good friend Paul from Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Uh, and speaking of Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast, you can find that on Twitter at SB Rambling and its own feed on the same podcast platform you can find Rogue Opinions on, as well being under the Rogue Opinions banner. Uh, we're doing some interesting stuff with the Wii Side series, looking at Fraser actors outside of the realms of Fraser, like uh, Kelsey Grammer's role in a sideshow ball. Eventually, we're gonna we're excited. Eventually, as part of the we're gonna do Bugs Life. As David Hyde Pierce obviously plays the the sick insect in that. Uh, and coming up soon, we've got some uh, interesting uh, retro reviews coming up. Uh, we're hoping to look back at uh, Survivor Series 1991 in the coming weeks. As well as some other stuff that we've got going on over there, and uh, yeah, just go over to Eat Sleep Sleep Play Three Jam. Keep popping up, doing bits and bobs over there. Uh, so, I like, I like to keep myself relatively busy, busy, but not too busy. You know, I've got to have some sort of life. 
Exactly. Um, because this is a day ago, I still don't know about the parts I've got in the pipeline, but hopefully something will come to fruition. But you can go into our back catalogue and look at um, our Rogue Chronicles. We, me and Liam, did do one on the Green Goblin, so, you know, that's worth going back and checking out, um, as well as other stuff I've done with ban- the Bantam Unit lads. And... Um, uh, yeah, and all the stuff we've recorded with Scott, there's the Loki pod. If you've only just watched Loki or new to that, make sure to check that out. And uh, you can find us at rogue underscore opinions on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and we also, I think we already mentioned it, in case you missed it earlier on, yeah, now that the Bad Batch is uh, in the books, we're going to be moving on to Hawkeye starting next week. Uh, with the first two episodes as they're dropping in one uh, and Carl and I were talking about this off air but this will be the first time on this podcast that we're both watching something you know for the first time and getting our genuine reactions to it because obviously when we reviewed Mandalorian it had already been out and we'd already watched it before and I'd already seen Loki and most of the bad guys but uh, Carl hadn't so he was getting his reaction but we're both going into this one pretty much blind other than you know wild speculation based on a few clips and trailers yeah, so we're very much looking forward to sinking our teeth into that. Um, as a debut in two episodes at the same time, uh, our first show will be doing both episodes. Mm-hmm. So make sure to tune into that. And as always, remember, podding ain't easy. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. And that isn't the second time we've just done that in the last five minutes. Honest. <laughs> <laughs> 